boop, 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 Elmo's world. Two can play that game. Hey, I'm Pete Steele. And I'm Andrew Miller. And welcome to Two Can Play That Game, the podcast for people who have one friend. If you have more than one friend, this podcast is not for you. No, I mean, Andrew. You showed up here with more than one friend. I mean, everybody's laughing at you. It's embarrassing. Everybody's, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I wish I could do something about it, but they are uh, they all find it extremely funny because it's a ridiculous thing that you did. So, I mean, I can't blame them either necessarily because, I mean, it is funny, you know? <laughs> it's like this is kind of the root of humor is when something happens that you don't expect, and it's like we definitely didn't expect you to show up, person who has more than one friend. Like, you're yeah. in such a, such the wrong place, you know what I mean? So we're, we'll give you it's a second. Like if, it's like if a donkey showed up to like an NBA game or something like that, it'd be like, what the heck is a donkey doing here? You know what I mean? Like we're about to play men's basketball at a professional level. You know what I mean? Right. Can somebody get this donkey, you know? And then the usher well, has to show him out. Even if he has an, a ticket, because I don't, you know. Unless it's an Airbud situation. Unless it's an Airbud Air situation. Airbud situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a, that's a, you know, that, honestly, I'd watch it. Well, what if it's donkey from Shrek? Calling it air basketball. Donk. See, I mean, they're making tons of Shrek spinoffs these days. I, it's only a matter of time before Donkey plays basketball at a professional level in the United States. Yeah, that's Space Jam Three. Donkey, Don- what if Donkey was in, um, you know, NBA Street or whatever? You know what I mean? And then also Shrek was in NBA Street. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be fun to see them like dribbling the ball like, and then they do a, a cartwheel or something like that, or they like. Uh, they do a break. Shrek does like a break dance move with the ball between his legs, and then he throws it up to Donkey, and Donkey slams it in, and there's like fireworks and stuff. Serving Seems it like up. a cool idea. Hey, did you see that? That speaking of NBA Street, that was an Olympic uh, sport this past year. Uh, well, they were doing three on three. Yeah, yeah. Half right, court, half court on three. Isn't that mm-hmm. in NBA Street? <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's the format of NBA Street. Well, uh, no, NBA Street was full court, I think. Oh, are you oh, sure? Man, uh, uh, maybe I don't not. Think... I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, it was full court, I think, because you needed time to, well, you know, mm, you needed time uh, maybe, to, maybe to build so. up speed or whatever. Maybe you're right. Uh, I mean, NBA Jam was definitely full court. I think NBA Street was full court as well. Yeah, there has to be, because it was, yeah, because there wouldn't be enough room otherwise. Oh, wait, pa- am I players, getting confused with NBA Street? What, which one was Donkey in, Street or Jam? Which one were we talking about? I'm talking about Donkey being in Street. But he, yeah, could, but okay, he could that's... also because because in Jam we only we got the Clintons, which in retrospect right. just seems like a total jip. You know that's, what I mean? Yeah. The yeah. Bill's a rapist and Hillary's a warmonger, so I don't. Uh, I'd rather have Shrek and Donkey, quite frankly, who have never done a, basically a single thing wrong in their life. Uh, either of them, you know what I right. mean? Right. And don't tell me differently, listeners. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to kill my heroes over here. I'm not trying to kill all my right. darlings. Um, so, so all right, Andrew. Than... So today we're playing the game, Karen. <laughs> If you have more than one friend and you don't stand donkey, you can get out of here and stop listening, all right? Yeah, those are kind of like the main, <clears throat> you know, prerequisites for being a listener, being a two-can-play-that-game head. Over otherwise, otherwise, we're talking about Karen, which Karen... Otherwise, settle in, because we're talking about Karen today. Andrew and I... Andrew, I just said we're about to play it, but we're not. We already played it. And here's our thoughts on it. And go. Hit record <laughs> now, Andrew. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay. Now, Andrew, Karen, which is... 
an abstract game with kind of an old mythological Celtic theme to it. But if you had to sum up the game in a more mm, all-encompassing way in one sentence, Andrew, what would it be? One sentence explanations. Okay, well, since you asked, here we go. My one. This might be my shortest one sentence explanation ever on this show you ready karen this game rocks okay (laughs) well okay and people probably maybe don't if they don't know the game they don't know that it's all about rocks basically you're 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 spending the entire game setting up uh what they call megaliths which are which are just basically big rock formations um so yeah piles of rocks and also so true true both ways i'd say andrew andrew my one sentence summary for karen is a tactical game that explains why we pay shamans the big bucks. Yeah, you know I mean, Andrew, yes. I feel like you know people toss away shamans all the time. They're always like, oh yeah, there's a shaman there, and they're whatever, you know, clanking bones together or something like that, and then they move on. But I feel like we don't explore why there's why we talk about them so much. Shamans, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and this game gets it's all shamans, you know what I mean? Just uh, and, oops, and all it's shamans. all what they do behind the scenes, you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> You, it's like if the movie, if if the Shrek-type DreamWorks movie is based in the village and there's somebody, you know, a wizard or like a knight or whatever, and they're gallivanting around and they're on their adventures and the shaman, like, you know, they send the shaman off on a quest or whatever. This is the camera following the shaman into the clearing. You know what I mean? And then we see what happens with that, with yes. that set of folks. Um, and... Uh- uh, <laughs> Because specifically, the whole idea behind this is two two sets of shamans. You got the forest shamans and you got the sea shamans, and they're coming together to try to be the you know the sect that impresses Mother Earth the most, so that they can get the blessing for the year, probably for like the harvest or whatever. Probably. And the way they do it is they're trying to banish the shamans from the other sect and in their place erect these big megaliths in the Earth's honor or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, which and, is cool, quite frankly. Yeah, and you mentioned that this game is abstract, which it kind of it, it has a theme, but it plays very similar to a lot of abstract games. These are basically right. pawns that you can only move in certain ways. Um, yeah. I mean, you're even jumping over each other, and one of the it kind of almost reminded me of checkers because you're jumping over each other, and then also one of your goals is to get to the other end of the board, uh, just like in checkers. Yeah, you know, right, uh, right. But there's a lot more spice thrown in with these megaliths because these are special tiles that you're going to put down, and then you know, anytime you land on them, it's going to trigger some special ability. So it's kind of like an old abstract game meets a newer themed, you know, type game. So it's it's, it's right. It's a fun marriage that way. Right, right. It, this, like, I guess the the very basic mechanic of the game does not need a theme. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can you can essentially move your pieces around, and they could be completely devoid of a theme. They could just be a wooden block or whatever. You know, um, and you move them from space to space in a certain way, and you try to line them up in a formation that uh, gets you the good thing or whatever. But you're right that it's, you know, I, I guess the main difference between an abstract and like a more modern game is like how inseparable the theme is from the mechanic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right, this kind of bleeds the two together. It's really the in-between. It's the missing link. It's the Bigfoot of, of abstract <laughs> modern modern games. You know what I well, mean? Well, yeah, um, and because also, uh, well, 
those megaliths, you need to like read the text and like read the, in the rulebook like what each of the powers do. But if you didn't right. have those, you don't you wouldn't need to read any text. It would just be moving, you mm-hmm. know, and making these formations yeah. with your pawns. Like that's and what if makes there was like if there was only like two megalith rock formations that like changed what happened on a space, and you could like memorize them or whatever, you could probably do that without any kind of like you could do that still in like six BC or something like that. <laughs> right. But like. But there's but there's a lot in this game and they and it does kind of it does really make things more complex and so yeah it, it really does fall in the in the great valley between the the two uh, side the two mountains you know what I mean if you will so um, like so like Pete said you're trying to banish the other team's uh, shamans their, their pawns basically and the there are essentially two ways of doing that right you're trying to make a formation yeah. with yours either kind of like in uh, Viking chess you're trying to sandwich them. Or after mm-hmm. you do that, the, the tile will flip over, so then the new win condition is you're trying to do two of yours in a row with one of them on the end, and that will banish right. them if you if you happen to land in that formation. Or you get one of your pawns all the way to the other side of the board, jump off the other end of the board, and then... Uh, now, now that does not point. banish someone if you get to the other side of the board, but it does erect a monolith, which right. is one of, one of the win conditions. Essentially, so the way you win this game is to be the first... Um, side the first sect to erect three megaliths mm-hmm. um three of these big mythical rock formations you know what i mean on on three different spaces on the board um and you can banish a shaman and erect one in its place or you can get to the other side of the board and exit off through the other player's village and, and erect one that way um and like andrew said you there you start the game with three main actions you can do and one condition for one formation for banishing a, a player, uh, one of your op, uh, opposite players' uh, shamans. But each time you either satisfy or take the action that is face up, you flip that tile. Yeah. Um, and then a whole other action or a whole other formation that you have to do to be able to banish is then flipped up. So, so um, it can create kind of like, even though that, that means there's only like four different tiles you're flipping, it does create a bunch of different variable options that are available to you at any given time. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, it might be my turn, and, and the tile for movement says that I can move diagonally. So if I move one of my pawns diagonally, then I'm, at the end of my turn, I'm going to flip that over. And now Pete ha- doesn't have the option to move diagonally. He has the uh, right. other side of the coin, which says you can move orthogonally. Orthogonally, right? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing goes with the jumping. So one of my choices is I could jump, but one side says I can jump my own pawn, and the other side says you can jump the opponent's pawn. Um, and then right. there's one There's one more, Pete. What is it? Uh... Um, it is the totem spot. It yes. is calling another shaman onto the board from your village by having them kind of like materialize on one of two spots on your board, basically. And so it's so getting like reinforcements. A, oh, exactly, exactly. And so you, you know, one side is like the black totem spot and the other side is the white totem spot. So, um, you know, if, if, if Andrew calls forth another shaman onto his board and has him materialize on his black totem spot, then I won't be able to, on my turn, materialize a shaman on my black totem spot. So, I mean, it's that's such, that's such a simple idea, but it honestly is not only very good, quite frankly, it does lead to 
different tactics. I mean, it leads yeah. you to have to really think ahead a little bit and also just kind of improvise on the run about like, oh man, okay, I'm not going to be able to do that. Or like, I know that my, I know that the opponent really sh would want to use this, so I'm actually going to use, I'm going to use it so that they don't have access to it on their turn. You know what I mean? So you can either play offensively or defensively based on, it's just really cool to like have a small set of options, you know what I mean, available to you. Like this is not the kind of game that I love where you have like t 20 different vegetables you can pull out of the ground or whatever you know what i mean available to you uh and i know you hate this um yeah, so this I is do. like a limited set of options which i assume you like andrew but it still is like you have to study them and be like hmm all right well here is this combination of actions which one's the best one for me to take um yeah and is it is it smarter for me to play this defensively and just kind of get in their way or should i take a risk and and play it offensively and try to really you know get another point essentially um it's I cool I found myself thinking ahead, you know, like some some grand chess master. I was thinking ahead several turns being like, you know, oh, well, if I flip this one, then he's going to be able to do that, and then I'm going to be able to do this. Uh, because really? and, Yeah, and because I liked that there were only three, basically three choices each turn, and some of those choices weren't even available. So some turns you only have two or even just one option to do. And so it right. kind of gets you to think ahead and be like, all right, well, if I have to move this, and then what, what would he have available to him on his next turn and then it's kind of gets yeah. you thinking it reminded me a lot of uh, one of my favorite games i know you don't like it as much but onitama where it's the same thing mm -hmm. where right. once you use an action then you know your opponent's going to have the option to use that action next time right 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 that's a good point um and and there's like formations in it and everything like that too right. so it's like what you have to keep in mind um that's that's another similarity there is so like like we said there, you have to create a formation in order to banish your opponent's shaman, which you which then also leads to like a victory point, essentially a, a megalith being erected in that spot. Um, and it, they're very simple formations. It's just like two of your guys um, in a line with with one of your opponent's guys, or um, like Andrew said, sandwiching one of your opponent's guys in between, and you're and once you move a piece into that formation, the banishment just happens basically. And so, like Onitama, you have to be thinking ahead. Like, wait, if I move my piece here, he's going to be able to move his piece here and just and take mine off the board. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so I don't yep. want to move there. Like, I, that's definitely a space I don't want to move to. Right. Um, and also, those formations can happen orthogonally or diagonally. So that puts a whole another layer of complexity where it's like. I can definitely move my piece here. No, wait, wait, wait. It's going to be... <laughs> right. I, I got I to remember that he can do this diagonally, too, because he can just move his piece there, and then and then it's over. You know what I mean? Like, kind of thing. So it's like, um, this now, is... Uh, they, this is, you know, there's a little bit... I know, Andrew, you had said while we were playing this, there is um, a pro proclivity. <laughs> there is a... Uh, I don't think I used that word, Pete. I mean, you're giving uh, me too much credit. Well... I know I didn't use it because I can't even remember what that means. But there is a certain <laughs> amount of uh, plausibility, I would say, of analysis paralysis because you yes. know, there's there's a fair amount to consider about what's going on with the board and deciding what is the best action to take. But it does, I mean, honestly, it does move swiftly, in my opinion, though, even even with a little bit of analysis paralysis. I didn't feel like it was bogged down. Well, and it, that's helped by the fact that you only have to score three in order to win the game. The game goes quicker True. because of that. You know, <clears throat> I right. think I don't want to skip right to the end of the show here, but um, yeah, my one, my really my only big problem with this is the analysis. I don't like sitting around waiting for people to think of their turns. So, 
That was the only yeah. thing for me. But um, oh, okay, um, you're just gonna sub. You're just gonna subtweet me on my sub-tweet. own podcast, Andrew. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm gonna ratio. You're gonna you at me. You're gonna rat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're gonna ratio me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, um, also, we've been talking about these megaliths, and let's real quickly re. Everyone's like, tell us more about. I got to get more in depth on these megaliths. See, it this is, is the fun part. Once you, once you, not all these megaliths are the same. Once you erect one of these rock formation megaliths, whether it be by going off, you know your uh, opponent's side of the board or by banishing one of their shamans you get to choose from one of the like two available ones that you've randomly like flipped face up and all all of them there's about i don't know eight to ten different ones and you kind of and they you can randomly you know flip them up basically they all have a different power if you were to land on them so then that adds a whole nother element of you know uh, complexity into this game and variability into this game um because you so you're gonna what you have to keep in mind is that you're going to erect that that uh, megalith either in the spot the you know the, the square on the board that you left the board um on when you went off the your your opponent's side or the square on the board where you banish their shaman from. So it's going to be in a very specific square. So you got to keep in mind, you know, okay, well, it's definitely going to be there. And then you got to look at like what the ability is and you got to be like, well, do I want this ability to be um, able to be taken on that square? You know what I mean? Based on its position, you know, is it going to be good for me or good for my opponent? Um, And then you got to think like, well, which one do I need better in my current circumstance, like that power or that power? Um, and then it just changes, you know, like how you um, move around the board. Because you might be like, I actually, it's smarter for me to actually pursue that megalith real quick. You know what I mean? And I yeah. can set up this combo, you know. The the game will be different every time you play it. Because every time you play it, you're going to be putting different megaliths down in different places on the board. So it, 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 you're kind of building the board as you're playing. And some of the powers, you know, powers, for example, like they're like... Uh, you can transport from one part of the board to the other. You can move around the different megaliths. You can uh, move uh, up again. You can banish somebody who's standing next to the megalith. There's all kinds of different powers that these yeah. things have, right? Um, yeah, and and uh, they're all pretty cool powers. Um, yeah. And you just have to keep it keep it. Once they're on the board, you have to keep in mind like, oh, that power's on the board. I I gotta, you know, my opponent might use that. I gotta keep that in mind. And and so uh, it's it's almost like like the core mechanic of the game is like simpler than chess, but then you add, but then what if so what if chess was simpler, but suddenly um, throughout the game more and more squ- squares on the board you know had superpowers you know what I mean like right. and so uh, it's interesting. It sounds like Super Mario Chess or something like that. I'm sure that's already been made, but it's like yeah, uh, but probably not. They need to make Super Mario Karen if they're smart. But they're not go. smart. They're dumb, actually. So they just keep making 50 monopolies, you know what I mean? Where, and uh, don't change a single thing about it. <laughs> I have one last note on the megaliths. I was just looking through them, actually, uh, last night. And we forgot to mention at the top of this, Karen is a word that can refer to kind of like any um, kind of uh, stack of rocks, a pile of rocks. It mostly yep. comes from, like, uh, Neolithic times. But they're, actually, they're still used today for all kinds of different reasons. But... Um, yeah, it's the, like a it's like a Scot Scots Gaelic term, I think. Yeah. Um, so like Celtic and um, uh, all that stuff. Scotland, Wales, uh, Britain. Britain. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. That's where they come from. But act, well, Ireland. I'll, I'll get to it in the history. But they're actually you find them all over the world. They're just that's where the right. word comes from. But uh, for all different 
all different reasons, but the the names on these megaliths, they all have fun little text that describes their powers, but also they all have a name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little bit of personality, too. Some of them look like they even have faces, these stacks of stones. Sure, uh, we'll get into that in a little, little bit, yeah. And it's like... And it's like they went through like a thesaurus looking up other types of cairns on there. Uh, and I just love all the names. The Cromlech, Tumulus, yeah. uh, Fairy Circle, <laughs> you know, all yeah. these uh, yeah. wild names. So it just adds a little flavor to it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of flavor going on here. I, I like the design. But we, uh, but before we get into that, Andrew, why don't we get into more history on how this game came to be? Well, uh, here's what I'll tell you about the history of this game. Um... Uh, it was it's a pretty new game. It first published in 2019. I think it came available in the United States 2020. So we're talking just a couple years ago here. And mm. it was uh, designed by a man named Christian Martinez. He's uh, French. Oh yeah. The uh, he, he's famous for a game called Innis or Inish. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's pronounced. I learned. Hmm. Um, the art is by Vincent Jobert, who is a French artist. He's done a few other games very similar style in his other games i saw a few of those but uh, yeah but a relatively new designer right yes yeah new designer yeah because inish which was his big game uh came out in 2016 so this is not and he only has right. a handful of games that he's designed at this point you know five or six I yeah. forget how, something like that um but i'll tell you when we first started this podcast we said oh let's do a history segment right and we still have here in our running notes for everything, in parentheses, it says, if we don't know enough about the history, we will fill fill in the blanks with made-up history. Well, oh, he- yeah. I forgot that that was how we planned that in the beginning, and we've never had to use that. Are you telling me, Andrew? <laughs> We, we almost we came, now? we came this close to having to use that contingency uh-huh. plan. And, because I remember thinking, oh... We, you know how? Why would we ever need to use that? Once I got a few episodes into this thing, but this one was yeah. really hard to find. I probably searched the hardest and found the least for this. Um, wow! I don't know if it's because it's new or he's not that well known or something like that. But um, I don't really know anything about the development of this game. But I did find an interview with Christian Martinez about Inish. So it was like it was a podcast, and I listened to like the whole thing, and I got two little nuggets about this game from it. Okay, so. Okay. Number one, number one, he is obsessed with Celtic culture, which is what Inish okay. is based all about. It's like a Celtic word for island. The whole theme right, is based around right, 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 right. and everything. So he's done a lot of reading on the subject. He's like really into it. It's like his favorite thing to study. Um, hmm. Now, Cairn is not specifically set in Ireland, but as we said, Cairn is like a word from like Scottish Gaelic, and so that's kind of like the same area. Um, mm-hmm. not, pe- people in Ireland are just flipping out. That's same. Yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Similar, but, you know, but... you know what we're saying. I mean, once you get into Celtic stuff, it's like it, it's a little more mixed together, blended together than yeah, it is yeah, now. Yeah. You know As two I mean? dumb Americans would say. But, uh, but no, yeah. th- actually, they have a word in Celtic which is very similar. It's like "carn" or something like that. That means the same thing. Mm. Um, yeah. Karens were big in like big in Britain, Ireland. So I think this is something. I, my guess is that we have to make this up a little bit. But my guess is that he learned about Cairns through his, you know, Celtic obsession and decided to theme this game with that. That's where he got yeah. that idea. I, I think sure. that's a safe, safe bet. Okay. All right, so number two nugget that I found is he spoke, at the end of this interview, he speaks very briefly about Cairn, um, which was just about the debut at the time of this. And he said that his favorite thing about the game is that when you build a megalith, it gives powers to both players, not just the person who builds it. 
Um, yes. Which we kind of mentioned before. It's like part of the strategy is deciding where you want to put that thing. Do I want to put it so close to my opponent so that so that they can use it? Right. Um, so he said that was kind of like a unique thing that he really liked. And he also, he also same as us, he described it as an ag- abstract game, but they, quote, really wanted to have fun with the art and miniatures. So they gave it a, a fun theme. And they did. They did. <laughs> So um, so that was the history. I also I did a lot of research on, not a lot. I did very short research on what cairns are. Um, okay. And like I said, they're stacked stones, uh, for all kinds of different reasons. And today they're often used as like trail markers. Like I guess for hiking, you'd stack have like a stack of stones to like be like, oh, I'm still oh, on the trail. Oh yeah, yeah, I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But um, in Neolithic Britain, which I think is kind of what this game is based on, they were more used. Um, as burial sites or memorials or monuments or they had religious significance, yeah. etc. All kinds of different reasons like that. Um, yeah, I th- but I think I read a um, a description that said there was a there was a time and an area where um, people went off to battle, and each each one of the pers- people going off the battle put a stone, stacked a stone on another stone, so it made a big cairn basically. And for every person that came back. Um, they took a stone off, and so that so that just the remaining the remaining stones were the people that you know f- fell in battle, and so it, and then it became like a burial, um, you know, memorial to the people that fell in that battle or something like that. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Re- so I think that's, I read that, that's an interesting idea. I read that also. I was like, man, that's pretty cool, but also, I mean, not cool. A bunch of people died, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> I know what you mean. It's roma- It's kind of romantic. Romantic, you know I mean? yeah. Uh, it's it's just and fa- and just a fascinating, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're found around the world, though, not just Britain. Uh, Tons of ancient cultures use them for all kinds of different things. Um, And I noticed in my brief research on Wikipedia about cairns that very large cairns are often referred to as megaliths. Oh, okay. So that's an actual word that that is used in reference to them. Oh, yeah. Hmm. It was actually in the section about cairns in the... Is it Egypt or the Middle East? Some, somewhere in there, they were talking about cairns that were okay. used there, and the word megalith I saw appeared there. So I was like, oh. Okay. Well, how about so, that? Um, yeah, that's that. Well, they pulled that's, off the theme, Andrew. Wow. That's the, that's the history of this game in a, in, wow. in a rock shell. Nutshell. That, that was a bad joke. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was hey, interesting. Well, that was a good attempt, Andrew. Speaking of uh, rocks. Very ni- speaking yeah. of rocks, Pete, nice package. Uh-huh. Okay. Nice package. Yeah, Andrew. Um, that's great. That was a great segue in a rock shell uh, from you. Um, nice packages, of course, our segment where we're going to review, you know, things like the packaging, the rule book, all the components of this uh, this board game, Andrew. And uh, the main reason I wanted to do this segment, Andrew, is just because I really like these elements of this game i really I, I don't know i really like the components of this game like you said there well, um it sounds like christian martinez specifically you know put a lot of effort into the pieces and the board and everything like that like you said he wanted to have fun with it and and, and you know and it's just it's full of life and it and it looks really nice all this stuff yeah and i saw you had put this in the show notes for today nice package and uh i didn't write anything down for this because i knew that you i knew that you were going to talk about the art and all that stuff and i was like you know what Pete can handle this part Um, oh good oh good (laughs) cool 
but no, my only my only because I don't really care about the art as much. The the miniatures are cool. I like how they each have a different hat. Like they're not all the same yeah. miniature. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they... Yeah. Let Let's start there, Andrew. So okay. you got these little miniatures, these little figurines, and like you said, I mean, they could have just made them all the same um, look, basically. You know what I mean? Like most they games would, right? You, you've they don't got have two sides powers. of the board, right? You, I mean, you know, every you got red checkers, they're just all checkers. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And in chess, you know, it's like all the knights are they look alike, and all the pawns look alike, and all that stuff. But what they did with this game is. You have uh, what is it? Five, I guess. Five. Uh, yeah. Of five available shamans, and they ch- they all look extremely similar depending on your sect, your, your 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 you know whether they're your four shamans or the sea shamans, they all have a very specific um, uh, you know aura to them, a vibe to the way they look basically. Um, but uh, but they each single miniature each one of the five on your side is slightly different and it really gives it a nice personality like so with the sea shamans they happen to their their whole like outline basically their whole um common theme is that they're they're small short and round kind of like water droplets which i think is kind of cool yeah um and uh and then some of them have lily pad hats but if they have a lily pad hat, then they have something different on top. One has a duck on top, and one has like a tuft of grass or something like that on top. Um, a few, th- the other three of them have like a fish helmet on their head, basically. Um, it's like a but fish one is eating has, their head. Like a fish is eating their head, jub jub or whatever from uh, <laughs> right. Zelda. Um, and uh, but one has like I think a pair of shovels on his back, and one has um, a shield on his back. You know what I mean? And so it's like those little things really just add some flair and like um with the forest ones they are tall and kind of like thin and kind of gnarled looking almost like trees you know what i mean which i think is a cool another cool aspect and every almost almost all of them have horns but they have different horns one has goat horns you know one has uh, stag antlers you know what i mean um and uh so i think that one of them has like a little wolf pelt head you know what i mean hat which is cool right. so uh it's cool you can you can you at least you can give them nicknames like we were doing when we were playing you know what i mean like yes. you can be like all right well i'm gonna move shield man or i'm gonna move hey all right here comes goat horn boy you know what i mean right. like you can uh <laughs> it, it just it adds you know it makes well, it it adds spice it adds variety they're really good and my favorite part of this was so in this game you're constantly having your shamans banished and you bring them off the board but then one of the actions is you can just bring somebody back onto the board so you can almost always yeah. bring somebody back in the fight so my favorite thing yeah. is like uh you know you can you can have your bench guys and then you can have somebody who like comes comes out of the game and is right back in it's like i love the guy yeah, yeah, yeah. i love the guy with the wolf hat on so i'm gonna constantly bring him back in yeah you know? Uh, and, right, right. And you in the NBA, the, you would call this your rotation. If you're an NBA coach, <laughs> you have your rotation and players. You know what I mean? And right. so you're like, uh, <laughs> you're t- all right. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have a few seconds to catch your breath, but you're coming back in. We're gonna need you for this one. You know what I mean? Wolf hat, right? You know. What I mean? And there's no reason to do this. They all of them have the same exact powers. Either yeah. side has the same exact powers. There's no no difference at all. Besides, I just yeah. like this guy's hat. You know. Right, uh, and this so, is a pure, like you said, it's it's a pure passion project uh, element of this game, which is love it. You know, I mean, there's no reason to do this except that you're just Christian Martinez, and you're just like, hey, you know what I mean? What if we had a guy with a wolf hat? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> ooh, change change his horns. I think yeah. that'll just be fun and cute. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's cool. 
Now, um, and the only and you know and and it cost. Hey, let's face it, it costs more to do this. You know what I mean? Because you right. now you gotta uh, have somebody produce a ten different figures instead of two. You know what I mean? Like, right. So I, I it's it's it just shows that they care. It could have even just been the same figure, just two different colors. Uh, really, I mean, that's so a good point. Yeah, it's a lot of lot of detail in it. And I'll say maybe the one drawback for me, you tell me if you feel different, you might feel different, is that okay. they, the shaman are all just one color. Like, it's just like brown versus blue. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point. I've seen people on the internet, you and I were looking at these, right, where people have painted painted them themselves, some really cool yeah. ones, you know, out there. So I guess you could do that yeah. if, you, if you wanted to, but... Um, and there's a whole culture behind that. Maybe they maybe they did that for those people specifically, because they know that there's people point. that love to paint miniatures. So I don't know. Yeah. It's not, not my world, but, um, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, beggars can't be choosers here, because they are very cool looking. I'm not going to complain, so... But you're right. Like, what if, what if even the base of each one had some color to it or something like that. And then they could still paint the miniatures. Yeah. There's ways they could have done it that. Yeah, you're right. It, it is a little, um, just up. It, it stands out a little bit because of the rest of the board the rest of the components are so vibrant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So only having the two colors of pieces does stand out, but it, it doesn't ultimately, I'm sure it doesn't, you know, detract too much for you. And it doesn't for me either. Now, um, speaking of the board, the board is beautiful, I think, Andrew, because like so the the center of the board is a clearing in which you are duking it out. Um, but like it's surrounded by like lush trees. And obviously on the one side, it's it's the sea. So there's like a village that butts up against the sea. And the other side is like a village that is in the in a, in a forest basically and everything like that. Um, and those villages are really cool. You know, what I mean, there's like um there's like he, villagers going about their daily stuff in the village you know what i mean and so it like it it sets up this world where that you as the shaman are leaving to go into the clearing to you know have have this like battle of of wits i guess or whatever um and uh it's just very peaceful and tranquil and like a really beautiful like i said lush green verdant um setting which i think is really nice and warm you know what i mean it's like a lot of warm earth yeah. earth tones you know um and then uh and then the megaliths that you can put onto the board blend right in because they are also like a really yeah i know you want to talk about these megaliths because uh we yeah. were having having a ball looking at these they're megaliths. great andrew they're great so like if the if the board itself is like a really nice like static you know what i mean like peaceful painting essentially uh and the illustrations it's just great. You know what I mean? Like all over the board, all the components that whoever illustrated this is, is great. Um, and, but the megaliths then add like a very dynamic, um, you know, burst of, of spice in the middle of the board when you put, when you put them on, because they all look, you know, very vibrant and energetic. You know what I mean? Um, they're like surrounded by swirling with magic and stuff like that. And, um, <laughs> they, they get a nice sense of humor. One of them is like a big tree that's vomiting lava essentially, which is really <laughs> cool, you know? So oh, we'd God. always be like, it would always be like, oh, I'm gonna, I gotta put the vomit tree out. You know what I mean? Vomit tree, or, or the uh, googly eyes on the mountain. You know what I mean? Like, I, there might be some people that balk about that because it's like an anachrony or something like that, I guess. But it's like that's, fu it's fun. I don't know. It's fun that a, that a little mountain has googly eyes on it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then, and then that one is a megalith. That that one's power is it like it just immediately like rockets somebody off the board. So it's it's and it looks like the the stone mountain or whatever is like just 
has sprung up from the ground. You know what I mean? With these yes. eyes and arms on it. And then it, so you can almost in your head, you can see it happen and flinging the guy off the board. So I, it's, I don't know. It's all full of life. Like you said, you mentioned a lot of the names for them that are crazy. They didn't have to name these at all. There's no, you know, there's no, re there's no reason to have everything be named, but every single one of the megaliths, you know, whether it be eight or 10, whatever they all have some name, you know, like you said, like the, uh, Cromulic of Tumulus, you know what I mean? Or yeah. like the fairy, you, you said fairy circle, you know what I mean? Stuff like yeah. that. Um, well, and, and so these... somebody sat down, this is another passion project element to this, where somebody was just like, I want to flesh this world out, even though it's not necessary. And these names, I uh, in researching it, I was looking at, they're all different types. Like Karen, I guess, is like kind of a bigger, broader term for like stacks of, of stones. But like okay. a, crom a cromlech is like a, a specific type of... Uh, oh, wow. Oh, so this is like legit. They didn't just make up these words out of the... Pull them out of their... their no, I, they, and I didn't. These are actual I words. I should have written down which one's which, but I know that like one of these is like, okay, it's more of like a, a sloping mound that was used for burials, right? And one of them okay. is... And that's the one I think where you maybe you banish somebody. I forget. Uh, okay. Maybe you banish okay. somebody yeah. next to it because like you're burying them, right? Um, and then wow. another one is like a just a singular tall really tall stone that they've kind of like carved the top of a little bit you know kind of i think that might be a tumulus yeah. uh so they're all actual <laughs> real formations of rocks um that people have made so i just thought that was a nice touch. cool i mean so just i mean talk about extra mile you know i mean this whole game is full of extra mile in my opinion yeah. especially but especially with the components so uh yeah so from the figures to the board to the megaliths i just i don't know i'm talking nice package indeed andrew <laughs> It is, it is a nice package. <laughs> I mean, if I could review the components on their own, I mean, just 10 out of 10, in my opinion, basically. Yeah. Oh, speaking of reviews, Andrew, uh, why don't you go ahead and review on this? Review on this. Okay, it's time for review on this. It's our fun segment where Pete's going to... Basically, in a rock shell, Pete's going to read the uh, reviews that he found online for this game, and we're going to, you know, just make fun of them. Assume what their these people's lives are like. So, yeah. Pete, hit us up. What, what reviews you find? Okay, Andrew, this person gave it a 5 out of 10, and they said, Meh, Onitama captures this idea so much better, and the game is just ugly. Pass. Ugly? Andrew, Ooh. this guy, what's going on? It can't be. This what does this guy hate the woods? You know what I mean? He just he loves being on the top of a mountain in Onitama or whatever with like the but he hates the woods. You know what I mean? I don't get it. Well, this this is a I think I think nine out of I think nine point five out of ten people would go would not call this the the game board ugly. Maybe the miniatures or whatever, but like the game board, come on. The miniatures in Onitama are all the same, and these miniatures are all unique. I, th I was actually didn't say that before. That was one of the things that I like about this compared to Onitama. Well, and uh, it, as eagle-eared listeners will remember, you know what I mean? Like, what what is this? What is there not enough racial stereotypes in this one for, <laughs> for this guy? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this ugly. Right, all these people look different. Too many, right? Too many people looking different in this game. I kind of want, Past. I kind of want people not me looking exact, looking all the same, and also, I, I want, I want a well-known, hurtful stereotype played up in the miniatures. You know what I mean? Andrew, <laughs> this person gave it a six out of ten, and they said brain burning, but not in a bad way. 
I despise minis in a game for no apparent reason, though, just to disguise its abstract nature. Well, I'm sorry, bud. I'm sorry that this game tried to establish a theme. You know what I mean? My bad. I can't apologize enough to this guy, Andrew, that the creators of this game tried to have a setting and a story. My bad. You know what I mean? We've disciplined them for having an imagination so it won't happen again. Rest assured. Andrew, this guy just looks at a chessboard and he just vomits when he sees a knight. You know what I mean? He's like, actually, chess actually makes its pieces look like horses to disguise the fact that it's an abstract game. So, <laughs> yeah, that review made my brain burn or whatever that yeah. term was. Yeah, it's a brain, but in a good way. Brain burning review. Yeah, you know. Yeah, get a life, bud. Okay, seven out of ten. This is a very quick set. Uh, ooh, this is a. Very quick to set up and learn to play game. To waste a few minutes. Now, okay, hold on. Do you like the game or not? Okay, Andrew, they gave it a 7 out of 10, but then they said that, you know what I mean, that it wastes their time. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, it's like, oh, I uh, gave this game 7 out of 10. This game will at least get you one, stoper to, one step closer to death. I really like it. You know what I mean? It's like, what? You know, <laughs> what's going on with these reviews, Andrew? <laughs> Oh, I, I love it when the star. I love it when the star rating does not match the uh, yeah their written review. Yeah, ten out of ten, <laughs> worst like, game ever. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah, would not recommend. Would not recommend. Yeah, one out of ten. Had a really good time with this one. What? What happened, bud? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is your mouse broken? Andrew, I know you're gonna love this next one. Uh, this person gave oh. it a seven out of ten, and they wrote F R colon veggie straws. Now, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> We get these. Yes. We get, I did delve deeper into. I had to figure out what this whole person's deal was, and we get these really uh, amazing themed reviews every now and then. <laughs> and uh, you, you might remember the person who did like how the game smelled, graded by emojis. Yes. You remember that? And like all of their reviews were <laughs> fell into that format. Or you might remember the uh, the kid um, who did like all the lewd words. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like every. Uh, well, this user, and I'm going to drop their username, it's Fisher Evans on BoardGameGeek, uh, they relate every game score to a food, Andrew, you know what I mean? And so clearly okay. they think that veggie straws are pretty darn good, right? They gave it a 7 out of 10, you know what I mean? So that's the veggie straws tier, basically. <laughs> but the thing is, they, they give... They don't just they don't give all sevens veggie straws. They they do they do a different they do a different food for every game, Andrew. So let's take a quick look, you know, stroll through um, Fisher Evans Lane here. A score of three has elicited Necco wafers, uh, so they don't like that. Uh -huh. You know, a generic waxy jelly beans. So obviously not a big fan of those. We could probably tell from the you know modifiers on that one. Um, so we know where they stand on that. Um, Raw carrots and raw celery were used for scores of four, so definitely not a you know definitely not a raw veggie diet fan. You know what I mean for sure. Wow, that's above um, Necco wafers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If they can help it, they're not eating raw veggies. But they, you're right, they would eat them over Necco wafers for sure. Which I, I maybe all I would agree with. Well, I like veggies, but anyway, um, one score of five had the review checks mix with two times the pretzels. Andrew, that's that's good. <laughs> I. It, I like pretzels and Chex Mix, but it is good. It's a good point. If they were double, if it, if the balance was off, it would you know be a thorn, yeah, thorn in my up. paw. You know what I mean? 
Um, you want a little more checks yeah. in there and not as many pretzels. You do. Right? And, yeah. and I, you know, I need some of the rye chips in there for sure. So I, you know, but they all got to be Man, together I, for me. You know, Just I now, have not had checks mix in at least 10 years. Wow. Well, I yeah, I haven't had it in at least 10 minutes, Andrew. I'm talking my house full <laughs> of the stuff, but uh, I do, I do like a good checks mix. Um, so my score would be higher probably. But now, Andrew, cubes of cheddar at an event, quote unquote, was used for a score of six. <laughs> So that's that. That's good. You know, it's like a nice little surprise. You know what I mean? I think at the oh, cubes of cheddar. You know what I mean? Uh, and that then, is and great, then uh, another review had a uh, it had a score of six, and it said hospital ice cubes. So, <laughs> Andrew, I got to look into these things because maybe what's going on? Are they better than you know regular? I don't know. Popping into my local hospital to get some ice cubes might be a good idea. Well, a lot of times at hospitals, they have these kind of, they're not even ice cubes. They're like shavings of ice mm, that you can like. That's they probably are, what they're I talking get, about. I think so. They're like, it's just like a lot of crushed ice, but wow. real thin. Wow. Um, oh, you know what? The, yeah, they're almost like crushed ice. Uh, they're just like really small ice cubes, but they have a little texture to them. I'm, I'm kind of remembering these ice cubes now. I think it's wow. very similar to hotels. A lot of hotels have ice. A lot of hotels have like the that. same type of ice. I, I guess I I've never, so. I haven't spent a lot of times in the hospital, you know what I mean, knock on wood, but maybe I should, about to go get, you know, step out into the traffic so I can get my hands on some of this ice, you know what I mean, um, which is which is a 6 out of 10, you know what I mean, but it's still worth it to, you know, <laughs> about to about to pay, pay uh, $3,000, even though I have health insurance, thanks, uh, you know, thanks America, uh, just to get my hands on some ice. Um Okay, Andrew, so now you're thinking to yourself, what are some of this reviewer's favorite things then? Well, they didn't give out any 10s, but a score of 9 had Ritz crackers with cheddar and pepperoni, which, you know, so obviously truly a delicacy for this person. (laughs) Wow. And uh, other 9s included movie theater popcorn, so how about that? Okay, yeah, Uh, Fancy grilled cheese... And fancy grilled cheese with ham, which was a separate one. You know what I mean? Also a nine, but, you know, kind of its own separate thing. So. <laughs> this is absolutely nuts, this I person. Know. Well, nuts, well, this. no, nuts would be, no, just kidding. <laughs> nuts would be, they, I don't think they had nuts on there, but wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> this is just, this is. Wow, that's my kind of guy. Can we get this person? We we need to get this person on the show. I think. Yeah, that, maybe that reach out fantastic. if you you know if you're Fisher Evans. You know what I mean? We'll have you. Maybe you'll have a food related. Uh, I'm sure. Sure, we'll oh find gosh. a food related game to have you on. Andrew, now this person gave it an eight out of ten. They said, "I like this game a lot. The material production is a little over the top, and I'm not sure that the whimsicality of the pieces and board matches the sobriety of the essential game design." Hey, bud. The pieces and the board are the game, okay? So what are you talking about? You know what I mean? What sobriety is involved here that you so desire? You know what I mean? Like, you're talking about the extremely gritty idea that forest and sea shamans are shooting magic at each other? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. The serious nature of that is really, you know, (laughs) get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah, th- this guy's concern is that they took the gritty Christopher Nolan's Batman of an idea, you know what I mean, of shamans, and then made it too fantastic somehow. Oh, you know what I mean? Get out of here. You know? But, uh, what does he say? Uh, bow to me? No, he says, uh, pray pray to me? Uh, I don't know. I swear to God. Swear God. to me. Swear to me. Yeah, yeah. You gotta 
got a shaman with a duck on its hat going, swear to me. You know what I mean? By the way, uh, Pete, I think you're in agreement with me on this. I think, but Batman yeah. Begins is Batman Begins is way underrated. Everybody loves Dark Knight and yeah. the other one, but yeah. Batman Begins, everybody everybody forgets about that one. It's, oh, it's yeah. the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What are you, what are they not like falafel? You know what I mean? <laughs> Most underrated, you know, line in the entire movie. Andrew. Right. Yeah. Right. What they don't what they don't like falafel. Andrew, this final one, they gave it an eight out of ten. They said my favorite abstract game. It's similar to Onitama, but deeper and more diverse. That said, I'm not very fan of the mundane, family-friendly art style. Andrew, where are these guys coming oh. from? You know, I'm sorry that the makers of this game didn't hire an artist from DeviantArt to draw, like, an elf <laughs> with blood on its axe. You know what I mean? And, like, a female elf with, like, a huge chest. I'm sorry. Sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some of us aren't depraved, you know what I mean, and stopped listening to emo music a while ago. So maybe let us have a game or two, okay? That's like a whole other level if if you want something really extreme with this kind of game. It's not even yeah. like kitty art. Yeah, it's family it's friendly, not, but it's not it's not like cartoony or anything like that. It's just yeah. nice. I don't I don't pleasant, need like I don't fuzzy. I don't need my I don't need my uh, yeah it's pleasantly fuzzy. It is. And uh, I don't need my you know game about uh, magic people from the sea or whatever like being rated nc-17 you know what i mean like i'm i'm good with a pg-13 game like i don't you know what i mean it ain't Candyland. it's still you know that's, what i mean that's right that's right had to, oh, had to work is, that had to work Land, that one in there know what i mean andrew yeah um, the bit has to keep going forever got, right, we get it got a fair amount in without mentioning it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah right oh speaking of getting a fair amount into it andrew isn't this the time normally when uh, Dr. Frayne, uh, you know, uh, comes on by? Oh, hello, right on time. I heard that knock, and that can only be one, uh, one, one person, Andrew. It's Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane. Yeah, Dr. Fraser Crane is very punctual, I'll say. He's always showing up at the right time. And uh, <clears throat> so he's going to help us count down the top ten phrases that you'll hear someone say while playing this game of Karen. Number 10. Yeah, I'm gonna be moving orthogonally. Number 9. This game has made me suspicious of letting anyone stand next to me. Number 8. You're gonna build a megalith? Pfft, more like mega lame. Number 7. My wife snuck up next to me the other day and I shoved her. Number 6. Okay, who put this giant pile of stones in the middle of the living room? Y you kids better not be performing any pagan rituals in there. Number 5. My son stood next to me when I was doing the dishes and I smashed a plate over his head. Number four. I banished them. I banished them all. They're banished. Every single one of them. And not just the shaman, but the Shah women. And the Shah children, too. I ate them. Number three. My daughter walked up next to me when I was brushing my teeth and I spit toothpaste on her. Number two. Listen, all I'm saying is it's unrealistic that your shaman could jump over mine because he just looks really out of shape. Number one. My dog curled up next to me on the sofa, and I threw the cat on him. Hello, folks. Yes, that's us, interrupting this episode for a quick commercial break. What are we selling? Us, Andrew, as <laughs> the world's greatest game designers. Yes, that's right, folks. You've heard us talk about whether a game is good or bad, and quite frankly, we have uh, no 
reason why anyone should listen to what we say about it. Like, who are we, basically? We haven't even designed a game ourselves. Uh, so why should we be, you know, criticizing what, how somebody does it? Well, now that's all changed. <laughs> Andrew and I decided to take a running joke on the show and make it into our lives. That's right, Andrew and I's lives are officially jokes now they've been unofficially jokes before but <laughs> and uh what we did was we decided we after we had made our 100th j joke about Candyland duel we said to ourselves what if we actually sat wouldn't it be fun if we actually sat down and wrote rules and like designed Candyland duel and we did uh and uh, so you're saying to yourself you know well when can i play that and it's like well you can wait you know, five years, and it will be in your local Target, you know what I mean, uh, for, for the holidays. Or you can jump on our Patreon right now and have access to it and be playing it by tonight. You know what I mean, wow. Andrew? Wow. So you want to be That's a play? Right. You want to be part of our playtester community for Candyland Duel? Do you want to get updates all the time about new features in Candyland Duel, new game aspects to try out? You want to see how this game develops? You're going to want to visit Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com/slash-to-can-play-that-game-podcast. Finally, the Mount Rushmore of game designers, the Knizias, you know, the... Um, Rosenbergs. The, right, right, the Rosenberg. We should probably know, this should probably trip off my tongue a little bit easier there, Andrew. But it doesn't matter who else we can think of, because there's only room for two more faces on Mount Rushmore. And of course, that's going to go to Steele and Miller. Uh, at Patreon, and you can and you can be the person who points at the statue and says, "I was there at the beginning, you know, before these guys ever even had their faces carved on there." Because I went to patreon.com forward slash two can play that game podcast, and we got to get back to the regular show. Aw, okay then. Chess break. Okay, it's time to take a little break from carrying it up and a little break to chessing it up. We're going to be playing our next move in our ongoing game of chess. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm just great. Great. I'm just doing great tonight here, Pete. <laughs> yeah, they're really, um, they're, it's really rolling off your tongue, Andrew. The, uh, <laughs> the puns. Whatever these are supposed to be. The dad joke. The word The dad play. joke uh, yeah. <laughs> robot is like, I need to wind myself up again, right, to get the dad jokes going. Um, and speaking of winding no. yourself up, Andrew, go ahead and you know put the chess key in you and wind yourself up for your next move. What's it going to be, baby? It's your turn. Well, I'm looking at this board here. It is not looking good for me, Pete. Yeah. Um, you have currently, to update anybody who's not paying attention, on our Tumblr, you can go to our Tumblr and look at this, uh, to can play that game, podcast.tumblr.com. If you're not paying attention there, I will let you know that Pete has one more pawn than I do, and he still has a knight, uh, which mm. all, the, all the other knights and bishops are off the board at this point. So it really doesn't take much in chess. It's like you're up by one piece and yeah. you're dominating. Yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling like this is going to be over. It's just a matter of time. So um, here's what I'm doing. Here's my move. I'm going to be moving my queen up one space Whoa. up to E. Yeah, my queen's moving up one space to E7, just coming out one space. Okay. Um, Keeping it defensive. Yeah. 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 I can tell that you're about to, like, uh, try something. You know, trap. Like, you're going to trap me up big time here. I'm, like, I'm trying to avoid as much carnage as I can. But, yeah. you know, everywhere I look, it's like, 
it leads to like you forking me or or my queen's not able to take something back because then she'd be in jeopardy from some other piece it's like you're going to take but then you're going to be protecting it's like you're you're very well set up here to like knock over a bunch of dominoes so yeah well i hope so i'm just trying to well and also get to do something also get the dominoes off the board andrew how many times can i tell (laughs) you you know what i mean Oh, that's a that's a different I'm, game. I forgot. I'm not trying to yeah. I'm not trying to play your new you know hybrid game, chess dominoes. You know what I mean? Domin chess. Uh, da- Domine- uh, Domines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Um, and also, you can just set those dominoes down right next to the big old um, you know laser there. Wait, hold on, Andrew. Okay. Don't hit the don't uh, knock into the switch like you're currently doing. Uh, Oh, yo, babe, I'm shrunk. Yo, babe, I'm shrunk. Whoops, sorry about hitting that switch there. Yeah, Mm. Pete and I were just involved in a terrible science experiment gone wrong, and now we're only a quarter inch high. But uh, we we still got to play this game of Karen, right? So how how are we going to be able to move move these things around here, play this game? Yeah, well... Andrew, I'm going to go and say, first of all, obviously, we got to dress the part, okay? So if, you know, if you're the water shaman, you got to get a big old hat out of like a lily pad or something like that. So you got to find the nearest okay. pond. If that takes three days, that takes three days. I, <laughs> it don't matter to me. We can't start playing until you got a big old lily pad on your head, Andrew. Okay. If you're, uh, if you're the wood shaman, you know, the forest shaman, um, you got to make horns out of something. You got to find a dead mouse or something like that. Put some bones on your head. Um, yeah, yeah. There should be, you know, there's got to be a dead animal somewhere around uh, your house. So get it, you know, get it going. Um, <laughs> what kind of house do you think? Well, you're probably right. Well, yeah, come on. Let's let's be real. Uh, mm-hmm. And the main thing, Andrew, here is when you get banished and then, a, and you know, and a, a megalith gets erected, you, the shaman who gets banished, you have to go out in the yard. You got to find the biggest rock that can fit on the square and then you got to bring it back. And then take the walk of shame back to the village. You know what I mean? Like someone just scored on you and touched football or something like that. It's like, oh, you're walking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to go get right. the, you got you got to go get a big rock and put it on the board. Losers walk. Yeah, Losers walk. Uh, yeah. You kind of took my idea. I think we're on the same page here. I Ooh. think actually moving moving around, getting the tiles moving around, that's too easy. And this, I was gonna say though, instead of going out in the yard, mm. um, you could just hit up like the fish tank. Maybe go like deep sea diving when you're shrunk, yeah. and because they've got a lot of pebbles in there, you know, that would, might be a more appropriate size. You could actually stack them. And uh, oh, you can make cool little cairns. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Um, plus, you, know. you could probably steal the little, uh, you know, diver diving guy, old timey diving guy. Yes. You know what I mean? That could be one of your figures. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because well. You might say, how could you survive swimming in a fish tank when we're only a quarter inch high? But um, Pete and I always wear our scuba gear while we're playing games, just in case. Just in so, case we got to go into that fish tank as a quarter inch high version of ourselves. That's right. Right. Yeah. So I currently have a very tiny, uh, you know, um, rebreather on and everything. So I'm ready to go. My little flippers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You currently have it on? Yeah. Okay. Even when yeah. we're recording, just in case. Well, I mean, to be fair, you you, you still haven't gotten you know thrown out that big laser that shrinks us so uh, if i were you and i was in the basement i would also you know suit up just in case yeah 
<laughs> we always play we always play board games with a giant laser pointed right at us you know <laughs> just just to spice it up you know what i mean just <laughs> you never know hey it could get fun and we also uh you know we also like to play with a bear in a cage right next to oh hold on andrew uh did you leave that cage door open uh-oh it's time for bear attack <laughs> Bear attack. Man, I keep screwing things up here tonight. I get we're drunk, <laughs> then there's a bear attacking us. This is That's essentially right. a chased... <laughs> Mr. Bean uh, movie plot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wish. Um, I wish. You're, we're being chased by a bear here, right? So yeah. what part What part of this game are we going to be throwing at the bear? Now I wish I wish we were stuck in the middle of a Benny Hill plot, Andrew. I don't. That's gonna be a deep. Oh. That's a deep cut for most people, honestly, because not only is that a British thing, it's also from like a long time ago. So this is gonna hit almost nobody. Maybe the folks over at Staying In. I think that I think they'll know. I think they'll <laughs> they'll know what I'm talking about. But basically, that was a, a, like a British TV show for like horny uh, guy. It was like it was like a physical comedian that would just run around to. That's where the the music did. That's from that. That's from that. I don't. I mean, I'm sure it existed as a piece. of I don't know if they wrote it for the show or not. But that is the theme song for that. And like that is the kind of music that they would play while this guy would run around and like fall through the roof into a changing room where ladies were like in lingerie or something like that, and they would hit him with a frying pan, and he would run out. You know what I mean? And anyway, that's the kind of world I would. I would rather be in that than Mr. Bean, I think maybe. That sounds like are you that sounds like it's from like the 1920s or something. It's not, well, uh, I mean it was from the probably the 60s and 70s, I guess. Oh, know? okay. But, How old do you um, think those guys that's staying in are? They're not that Well, old. I mean, they're well, they're probably my age, but I have watched it too. You know what I mean? Okay, so they saw the reruns. So they right. saw the reruns. Exactly. I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying they're old. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Um, they were up at like, you know, 3 a.m. like me, you know, as a child. Oh, I see. (laughs) Right, gotcha. Anyway, Andrew, here comes the bear. And which part of the game are we going to throw at it to, uh, to, to distract it or, you know, to, to uh, deter it? Uh, and so quite frankly, Andrew, I think the real question is which figurine are you throwing at it? Each side has five different ones, Uh... like we said. So, uh, in my opinion, you got to pick one of those. I'm going, uh, so here's what it comes down to for me. Those blue ones... They're, uh, they're, you know, like I said, they're rounder. They're kind of, they got a little more meat on their bones, those shamans. So mm-hmm. I think they're a little heftier, you know what I mean? But the brown ones, the uh, the forest shamans have those horns, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of, you got to figure it out. I'm tempted to throw the ones with like the widest horn. Like there's ones that have like stag horns that are like, that really stretch out. You know what I mean? They also have like sh- kind of like sharp spines coming off of them, the sharp bones branching off of them. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you can maybe throw that. But I'm actually going to go with the very most basic water shaman, Andrew. Um, and the reason for that is it does have its that fish helmet on its head, like we were saying, the Jabu Jabu right. helmet. And it's got like a, a top fin on it that's kind of sharp. So it's like, okay, that's, you know, it might, you know, it might hurt if it hits the bear or something like that and make it rethink running at me. But also, I think it's the most aerodynamic because it doesn't have the big old floppy hat on, um, but it's also heavy. You know what I mean? So, uh, also, on the off chance that the bear maybe thinks it's starting to rain, you know what I mean? When I throw it at it, you know what I mean? Then it tries to right. run back and climb a tree or something like that. So, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, but, maybe yeah, not. Okay. Right. At, at that point, you're being chased by a bear. You're desperate. You're, you're coming up yeah. with any ideas that you can. Yeah. 
Speaking yeah. of which, what's your idea, Andrew? What are you thinking? Well, um, see, you're trying to physically harm this bear, which, well, you know, I don't blame you. It okay. is trying to attack you. You're okay, kind of sparing it. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, see, I'm going to be throwing just one of the tiles at the bear. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm specifically throwing Tumulus of Shadows. Wow. Which is... Yeah, which is a um, a tile that banishes you from the board. So as soon as the bear steps on that, boom, the bear is banished genius. from the forest. So yeah, right. That's genius. Um, you know what I mean? But you better yeah. make sure you got you only have that one shot, Andrew. So you better make sure it's a good one. Because what if he steps over it? But then you just have to circle back and pick it back up. You know what I mean? Or you might. What if? Well, and you know what I mean? Because then if you throw that one, you're out of that one. And then you just in a in a panic, you throw the next one or whatever. And it, and then the next one is like a megalith that uh, causes another bear to appear or something like that. It's like, well, now you're in trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you better, <laughs> you know, you just got to be careful with this. Right, right. Well, I'll just make sure to pay attention. If the bear is running orthogonally or <laughs> yes. diagonally, I'll just, I'll just put it in the yeah. right spot. Good point. <laughs> Andrew, um, it's time to get... It's time to it's time to dumb it down, Andrew. You know what I'm talking about. Neanderthals. Neanderthals. You trying to call me dumb or something like that? No, but I guess I technically am calling Neanderthals dumb, which feels bad, but I it shouldn't feel bad, I guess. That just that is science. I mean Yeah, they're extinct, so what are you gonna do? Yeah, um, yeah, what are they gonna do? Come this... get me, you know what I mean? <laughs> In this segment, we are transported to prehistoric times, and cavemen insist that uh, we show them uh, the, our games. So uh, yeah. are we going to show them this one? Why or why not? Mm. Uh, I say yes, Andrew. I think we should show this game to Neanderthals, uh, because I think it would be extremely funny to see them you know, take the game real literally and try to banish someone by like lining up in a certain formation next to them. Like, like they play uh. this game, and they see what happens, and they go, oh! Oh, 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 or whatever and then next thing you know they're like two of them are go stand next to a guy they don't like or whatever you know what i mean then i'm i'm cracking up you know what i mean i'm right. i'm raffling i'm rolling on the floor laughing because i got a big old brain and i i know that this is just an abstract game and it just doesn't really you know <laughs> right i uh this game does take place at karen's are from the neolithic time which is just i mean just a little past neanderthal hmm. time so i'm thinking that Yes, I'm going to show them this game because uh, it might kind of help us relate to them. It'd be like, hey, we kind of play games about stuff. You, you guys love stacking up stones, right? right? You're living in the Stone Age, right? So, hey, we, we love Karens too, just like you. So it might wow. help me like get it, get in with them and like you know maybe I can get some of their food or whatever because I'm probably like, you know, I can't survive out in the prehistoric times. That's for sure. I need oh, somebody to help me. No, I, if they don't have like a meal service, like a blue apron type thing going on over there. No, <laughs> you know what I mean, like I'm, I'm out, I'm out of luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have like Fritos. <clears throat> if I can't cut open a bag of Fritos and put a bunch of chili on it or something like that, you know what I mean? I'm a star. So, so I, I need these Neanderthals to work with me yeah. uh, rather than like trying to kill and eat me or whatever they might do. So yeah. I'm just gonna, you know, that's, show them this game and be like, hey, I'm, I'm cool. I'm like you. You know, I love stacking stones. No, that's so. genius. It's, it'd be like they're seeing a celebrity. You know what I mean? Like they, they see a, a pile of rocks in the game and they then they look over to their right and they see that pile of rocks and they go, ooh, 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 ooh. You know what I mean? Pointing back and forth. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah, we should yeah. definitely show it to them. So I think they'll like it. Okay. Oh, speaking of, so which, anybody... speaking of which, Andrew, uh, let's see if we like it. Uh, two could play this game, but should they? 
two could play this game, but should they? Okay, so it's it's come down to that time, Pete. How sure are you that two people should play this game? We're going to give this game a rating from 0 to 100%. Of course, mm-hmm. 0 being total garbage and 100% being the best thing you ever played in your entire life and you never want to play another game. So uh, what do you think? What percentage are we going to give this one? Okay, well, Andrew, I'm going to say 80%. Um, I really, uh-huh. I really like this one, Andrew. Um, I'm honestly, the more I think about it, the more I think I probably rated it a little too low, but I'm sticking with it, baby. 80%. I think it's <laughs> a nice solid grade for this one. Um, I have found myself thinking about it since we stopped playing it. You know, I'd like to play it again. I think that's always a big part of it. Um, I like that the board changes. I like the variability, you know what I mean? Thanks to those megaliths, especially, Every game's going to be different as, as a result. Um, the megaliths do cool things, you know what I mean? And that really, uh, they, they also do things that really shine in certain scenarios. Like you might find uh, that you might think one's useless on a given turn because you don't need it, you know what I mean? But then because of where your opponent lands, it's now extremely important. I think that's a really like cool thing that happens in this game. Um, and then also as the game goes on, there's more megaliths that get, put on the board which means now suddenly there's a bunch of different like actions you can take just by moving to them you know what i mean and and um it just becomes makes the the trip across the board more complex as it gets later in the game which i think is a really cool factor um the fact that you got to be on the lookout for both the orthogonal and diagonal uh formations is really keeps you on your toes i think um the whole taking of actions making it so that your opponent does have access to the same actions i think it just leads to some really fun tactics it's a really fun tactical game uh and uh, it feels good to be like well this can help me and also hurt you so let's definitely do this action you know um yep. I, uh, I in our play andrew so far i hadn't developed like a good enough strategy for pre- preventing a point from you if you got over like the middle of the board like I already felt like helpless mm-hmm. if you got over the middle of the board and that can be a little unsatisfying because I'm like, I just can't stop you from advancing so far. You're going to get a point here. You know what I mean? And you only have to get three points, like we said. So it's like, it does move fast. And so if you, if you, if you just aren't paying a close enough attention or aren't thinking well enough, you know, suddenly you're looking up and you're like, Oh man, I'm about to really be behind, you know what I mean? As a result. So, yeah. um, but, uh, I, I, I would assume with time I could figure that out better. Hopefully I would get better at that. Overall, I just I look forward to playing this game again. So, 80%, Andrew. Very very close to my score, Pete. Mm. Uh I gave it I gave it a 79%. Ooh. Uh so I'm just a little bit le- and and same as you. The more we talked about it, I was like, you know, I think actually this is a little low. Yeah. But, but. Uh, no, I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. Right. Um 70 79. I same I everything you said, you know, I totally agree with. I I think my favorite part of this game is the flipping when you flip over the tiles and it's different for the next time that somebody wants to take that action because it just really makes you think about, do I want to, you know, sometimes you purposefully do not take an action because you're like, I don't want to give them the other side of that coin. I don't want, I don't want them to have the other action. So you'll just like wait it out for as long as you can before you take that action. Yeah. Uh, It's a big part of the strategy. Very, very Onitama in my mind, um, Mm -hmm. which I like. The the big detractor, like this probably would have been up in like the 90s for me, honestly, but the big, big detractor was, you know, as we got better at the game, like the first couple games we played were pretty quick and I was like loving this game. But as we got better at the game, we started to get better at the strategy 
and the game got a lot slower. Mm-hmm. We, we started like really like taking your time, thinking about all the different moves you could do. And I don't like I don't like sitting and waiting for the other person to do their move. And I also don't like taking so much time on mine because I feel like I'm like slowing everything up. Yeah. Um, saving grace is that it, you only have to get three points. So even if, with a lot of analysis paralysis, like we talked about, it's mm-hmm. still not that long of a game. I just don't like a lot of downtime in the game. Um, yeah. But it is really it is really good. Other than that, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Andrew, why don't we then go ahead and see just how fantastic it is in relationship to the other games we've reviewed. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking about going to the leaderboard. Leaderboard. Okay, I'm pulling up the leaderboard right here. And if you want to see our leaderboard, by the way, you can go to twocanplaythatgamepodcast.tumblr.com uh, and you can see all the games we've rated. Uh, let's see where this one falls here. We're going to average out our two scores here, right? 80 and 79. That's going to give us 79.5% sure the two people should play this game. Mm. Pretty good rating. Pretty yeah. good rating. Six. So that does put it ahead of Skullcalo, which I think is where it should be, personally. No. Um, no. And it puts it behind Lost Cities, which I, that's fair. I mean, I, man, those are two games. Lost Between Lost Cities and Karen, I mean, you you Oof. you got my day wrapped up. You know what I mean? Uh, wrapped up with yeah, a bow, baby. That seems like a good day. That's, that's a close one. That's Daddy's Day for Pete. That's Father's Day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Breakfast in bed, and then Lost Cities and Karen. Thanks very much. You know what I mean? And then I and then I immediately go to sleep after that. Let's say roughly two hours of awake time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Should also mention that between Lost Cities uh, and Skullcalo, Karen is coming in at number sixteen on the mm, list, mm-hmm. which. Um, you know, 16 out of, what are we at, 36 right now. So that's in the top half for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I noticed we haven't we haven't had one in Season 2 yet that's cracked our top 10. Our wow. Top 10 is still all Something Season, season 1 games. Yeah maybe, yeah. maybe soon. Well, who knows? Who I'm knows? not gonna. I'm not gonna fake it just to just to get one up there, though. I know. You know, you know no, I mean, hey, the ones that some of the ones in our top 10 are legit. You know what I mean? So yes. you gotta you gotta come with it. You know what I mean? To really. <laughs> to really get up there, know what I mean? And it's getting very crowded in this field. We have a lot. Like number, okay, let's look at this. Number six patchwork is eighty nine point five, mm-hmm. and then you go all the way down to, uh, oops, you go all the way down to Lost Cities, which is eighty percent. That's so that's not at number fifteen. So right. all those are in the eighties, right there. So right, that's a huge... right, right. So like you're talking about ten, you know, ten or eleven different games that are all within 10 points of each other basically yes mm-hmm. yep so um yeah it's tough tough stuff but yeah. that's where karen's gonna be number 16 Ooh. speaking of points andrew uh that brings me to my final question are we cool are we cool we gotta check in on our friendship points here yeah, for friendship points Friendship points. Uh, After playing this game, Karen, Andrew, are we still cool? How many points did our friendship go up or down, Andrew? I'm going to say up by two points. Oh, I said the same thing. I said up by two. Now we're talking. We're both shamanistically conjuring, you know what I mean? Um, These two points. Now this is a mega uh, lift 
no. Nope. Okay. Well, now Got you're nothing. now you're doing it. Then. <laughs> uh oh, oh, it's contagious, Andrew. Now <laughs> that's you know? this game in a rock shell, right yeah, there. Yeah, that's the game. That's yep. Yeah, that's our friendship in a rock shell, up by two points on average. <laughs> know what I mean? On any given day. Andrew, I think this was I'm fun. Saying, I had fun playing this with you. I think the, I think it was fun to jump into this world that they created. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it was fun to kind of, you know, it's fun to develop your own tactics and then see the tactics that your opponent develops, you know, so. It's a fun game. It could, it could get a little frustrating, I guess, um, at times if you keep getting banished, you can't quite get what you're trying to accomplish done. But I'm definitely giving this a plus two, mostly for the jokes, because oh, with yeah. this theme, we had all the different characters, we had all the different megaliths in here, yeah. we had, you know, uh, any was, game uh, that can, any game that can give you and I, we love to do this when we play games, is like give, give the characters nicknames yeah. or give the little moves nicknames or you know you yeah. have little phrases that we say right that make no sense and yeah all yeah yeah about, um, in board games there's so, so many there's so many things that you kind of do over and over again basically that you end up kind of developing your own language for you know what you're doing basically uh and this this game makes it really it has is really fun to do it in know what i mean so um yeah right so uh, that was the fun part for me. So yeah. any game that can give us that, um, that's definitely a plus in, yeah. the, uh, in the friendship point meter. Wow, wow, wow. And folks, I hope that this episode has led to a plus in your life meter. How about that, Andrew? Uh, and wow. I want you to tune in next time, unless you get another friend. Oh, that's right. Uh, you can't tune in here, so you're going to want to tune in to another podcast called <laughs> called Hut 1, Hut 2, Hut 3. Ooh, yes. Well, that's a podcast that's about three-player board games where they also cover all three, all things Hut, Andrew. American Football, yeah. Pizza Hut, and the crime syndicate of Huts from Star Wars. You know, they should really just pick one of those things to focus on. It's just all over the place. Yeah, it just seems, you know, scattered. You know what I mean? I know they were going with the Hut 1, Hut 2, and then Hut 3, so they felt like... But it's like, at that point, why don't you just do, you know... You could just do American football and board games. You know what I mean? Right. But instead, you took it extremely literally, and you just went with all, you know, three different huts. I don't know. Makes no sense. Plus, I mean, the Pizza Huts, you, there is no parlor anymore. You, you know what I mean? It, there might be, like, one <laughs> in the United States, like a blockbuster. You know what I mean? It's like every... It's, they're all takeout, so... What do you get? We had one of those. Say? We had one of those in my town, uh, right up until about three years ago. I want the parlor say. Pizza Hut. Yeah, and they had like the the uh, salad bar and everything still. I think I've pa- I think but, I've driven by it because it's it has since. Is it true that they have since like painted it a different color, but it still has the Pizza Hut roof? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's uh, and it's like somebody else, like Joe's Pizza or something like that. Something like that, right? Yeah. That is that is the classic. <laughs> that is, I I know people have talked about that before, but that is the classic thing about when a Pizza Hut goes out of business is that you, the building will never not look like a Pizza Hut just from the roof, you know, <laughs> roof alone. It could be anything and else. Now we're we're giving these people material for their podcast. Oh my god! All right. Well, trademark.
know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? 